The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Crohn's disease is a type of inflammatory bowel disease which causes swelling or inflammation in the tissues of the digestive tract. Now, with an estimated 40,000 people suffering from the, it in the country, it's uh, more common than you might expect. So, to get a picture of the reality behind the stats and a sense of what it's like living day-to-day with Crohn's, I'm joined by Victoria Spillan, who's been living with the condition since the age of 13. Victoria, good morning. Good morning. Will you tell us your story? Because as a very young child, obviously, you did not have Crohn's. No, I did not have Crohn's. Um, I did have some ill health. I was one of those children that if I was to even hear about an illness, whether it was the common cold or something more severe like the mumps, I would get it. I was that child, unfortunately. (laughs) But I still... Um, persevered through everything. Um, but no, it was not Crohn's. That came a little bit later. Now, when did that happen? And uh, was it easy or difficult to diagnose? It was actually difficult to diagnose in the sense of through my GP at the time. It was back in, I first got symptoms in kind of 1998, going into early 1999. So it wasn't, IBD wasn't very well known as such in that. Now, that you were just a child at this I stage. I was a child, yeah. I was 12, 13 when symptoms started to, to appear. And it actually started with a pain in my knee. And I remember going to the GP and I was very active. I would have been into different activities such as dancing, basketball, things like that. Um, you know, just, I just loved to be active. So my GP was putting it down to maybe an injury. Then the pain ended up going to my lower back. And again, it just continued to be, oh, it's just possibly a basketball injury. I was like, I know I'm not getting injured. I'm, you know, I was not as if I was playing every day of the week. Um, then further symptoms started to appear. And it was kind of around the summer of 1999 when symptoms really hit. And that would have been excruciating pain in, in the abdomen. Um, diarrhea started to kick in. I could be going up to 20 times a day. There was blood and mucus in it. Um, I w- ended up going down to five stone in weight. Like I was kind of, I was I was never a big child because I was so active. But so I, d- I wasn't able to afford to lose weight at that stage. But that's what I was going down to. My appetite decreased everything. Now, your parents must be absolutely concerned about this because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a knee problem becomes a back problem, yep. becomes an abdomen problem yep. and then mm-hmm. becomes a, a gut problem and a diarrhea problem. Mm-hmm. They must have been beside themselves really looking were. for a diagnosis. Absolutely. And we lived with my grandmother as well, who just very sadly passed away this year. But we lived with her when we were growing up. So it was, you know, the, you know, it was just... Ex- it wasn't just parents that had the issue. It was my grandmother as well, you know, that, that they were worried sick in the household. Again, I'd gone off my food. I always had a huge appetite. Um, so they were just wondering what was going on. The, I remember the GP saying to my parents, is she being bullied? Would it be anorexia? Stuff and they're like, no, it's none of these things. Not psychological at not, all. This, no, not even close. Not this even was a close. real condition. But it was. how was it eventually diagnosed? It was eventually diagnosed because in the winter of it was actually Christmas the week coming up to Christmas 1999 I actually remember like it was yesterday I was very academic and I was someone where I never wanted to miss school I was always just I'd get really stressed coming up to exams and it was the winter exams and I remember going home and my maths test was the following day and I just sat on the floor in front of the fire I was so cold because I was there was no weight on me Um, I couldn't eat 
So I was sitting on the floor just for a bit of heat, trying to get into my body. My mom gave me a shepherd's pie, I remember, to try and eat. I couldn't eat it. And she said, enough is enough. We're going up to Amy, up in the Cork University Hospital. I was I was actually admitted, put into paediatric, and it was the gastroenterologist, Professor Fergus Anhin. I remember he came in um, to the ward and the first thing he said was, who let this girl get so sick? My goodness. And he knew straight away, he said, I have an idea what it is and I hope that it's not for her sake. And it was Crohn's disease. That's what he was thinking. Now, Straight away by looking at me. There's ulcerative co- colitis there and is. this Crohn's disease, yes. all part of this irritable bowel syndrome. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but he very quickly said this is oh, Crohn's. He, literally by looking at me. I mean, he's he's a god in our household. Um, he just, he, he's he's world renowned. He's absolutely amazing. And what he did, he just knew by looking at me when he, he just by seeing me in the bed as such a sick child and seeing all my symptoms and knowing how long they were, that they were actually going on for. He just, he just knew. Now, when he said he hoped it wouldn't be mm-hmm. what he was saying it turned out to be. Exactly. What kind of horizon was he painting for you that lay ahead? He knew because back then, yeah, there were some good medications, but there wasn't enough on the market either. Um, so, you know, inflammatory bowel disease isn't, knowing, uh, isn't known as being life-threatening, but at the same time, there can be symptoms of it. It can, it can create... It's a life-threatening situation, which it actually did for me down the, further down the line. But he knew that there was, for someone so young, there was a tough time ahead. He knew yeah. that it was a battle. It was going to curtail your lifestyle Absolutely. quite a bit. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I had no... I tried to have a quality life at that stage, still going to school, still going out with friends, but it was a struggle. Like, I used to be walking down to school with the sack on my back, you know, barely able to carry it, just... But I was still doing... I, I was still pushing ahead, because I just wanted to be better. I didn't want to give up on going into school and being with my friends and, and playing sport and stuff. But Okay, now me. you mentioned that it became life, life-threatening mm-hmm. on one occasion. What happened? That was in 2010, going into 2011. So I ended up having my large intestine removed. Um, I had a panproctoclectomy. I was actually supposed to have that removed with my diagnosis um, during that stage, um, way back when, when I was a child. And I was down for surgery to have it done. And it, to be honest, Pat, it didn't faze me because I just wanted to be better. Sure. They explained the whole thing. I was very, I was always interested in anatomy, f- even from a young age. And I'm a very inquisitive person. So I was there picking the doctor's brains. And you wanted to know everything about your condition. Literally, yeah. Every small thing, which I think that they appreciated, which in turn helped to build a very good um, relationship between myself and the gastroenterology team. So they didn't take out the they large didn't, intestine not at, at that, that point? At that point. I was down for surgery. They, the last minute they called it off. Wow. Um, they said because I was so young, they wanted to try and save it. They did okay. say that down the line you may need to have the surgery. And I said, that's fine. If, if it comes to it, that's completely fine. Um, so they pumped me with steroids, IV steroids. And overnight, I went from five stone, very gaunt in the face. I looked like a witch, to be honest. I was just, I had long, dark hair. I was ashen in the face to then overnight my face just what they call the half moon shaped face yeah. completely just exploded ballooned. out ballooned red in the face the whole lot and I had the mumps when I was 11 I woke up could feel my face and I said do I have the mumps again has it come back because that's how bad I had actually just gotten overnight Now in between before this life threatening mm-hmm. uh, situation that arose because you were going to have the operation for your intestine yes. mm-hmm. what was life life for you as a teenager how did you cope with Crohn's? Well, my parents always said to me, you will have to fight harder than other people to have a normal life. And to me, that was a challenge. You challenge me with anything and I'll try and do it. Yeah. I'm, people would say I've got a very, I've 
I'm stubbornly determined with everything in life. I try not to leave anything at me down. But I mean, in terms of wondering, is there a loo here? Am I going to need um, to use It was use tough. That was tough. Was sport out of the question? It was. No, that was probably one of the big things for me where it was a case of, oh, you can't play basketball anymore. Um, and then I'd go along to the school games and things like that and just be keeping track of the score and stuff. And it just, you know, yeah. that was tough to sit on the sidelines and be like, I can't be out there. You know? Now, obviously, you've got very strong spirit because you did not let this... Nope. Uh, deter you in no. terms of your life ambitions? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Um, I did want. I was some. I I would be a very ambitious person, and I'm a person where I like to know a little bit about everything. So I was like, what What will I do in my career? And I was like, will I do journalism? Will I do medicine? Will I do so? Medicine was an area that I would have loved, but then I was saying, if I if I be, if I go into medicine, I'd be working in the hospital system. But then when I'm so sick, I'll also then be going to stay in hospital. I might as well just set up camping there. So that kind of put me <laughs> off wanting to go into medicine. Um, so then I said, but I still wanted to help other people. That was just kind of innate in me just to, to help others. So then I looked into social sciences. Um, so I went that route um, for a while. For a yeah. while. For a while. What are you doing with your life now? I now work in, as a research support officer in APC Microbiome Ireland in UCC. Um, it's a groundbreaking Science Foundation Ireland centre um, and it's not even just known locally but nationally and internationally as well so it's a fantastic centre to be part of and my gastroenterologist my my previous one um, Professor Fergus Shannon was the founding director of Okay, the so you're working in an area mm-hmm. quite related to your condition Absolutely so they focus on the microbiome um, and gut health so it's it's very exciting to be part of the centre I'm on the operations team but most recently, we just started PPI, um, which is the pa- public patient involvement um, kind of research. So I was actually part of the first study that they did with that on IBD, yeah. diet and IBD. Um, the condition of IBD, which is actually relatively common. I mean, mm-hmm. is it 1% of the population? I don't know. It's, it's becoming a lot more predominant within society. Do we know why? No. A lot of... Uh, you ask some people, they'll say it could be down to that we have more westernised diet and that you see the changes, you know, between, say, again, westernised diets to non-westernised diets that in the countries where it's non-westernised that they don't really have such a thing as IBD um, make an appearance. Yeah. So, that, but who knows? It's It's still an unknown. Yeah. yeah. Now, in terms of the drugs that have changed mm-hmm. since uh, you were a child, yes. how much better are they? Are, much you know, better. The, what does it mean for someone with Crohn's mm-hmm. to their lifestyle? Can they lead a relatively normal life? Depends on the severity. I know, obviously, a lot of people with it. Some people actually, you never, I hate to say get away lightly because it's not nice, no, no matter what kind of symptom you have mm-hmm. from it. But some people may can go on medication and they can stay symptom free for a very, very long time. Others say like myself that would have gone through the mill with it. You, you may never find the right medication until years down the line. But I think nowadays it's much, it's probably a little bit quicker to find a medication. More options anyway. There is a lot more options, especially with biologics and everything. They weren't really around when I, when I had it. Yeah. Is yeah. The, the, the causes of this, obviously the westernised diet may allow it to happen, but does anyone really know whether there is a root cause? I mean, is there a, a bacterium maybe that might have given rise to this? They don't know, um, because with me, it wasn't, it wasn't known as being hereditary in my family, so it was a case of, was it a case where... When they were thinking, I remember the doctor saying at one stage, was it when I had the mumps when I was 11 that the cells just kind of bacteria just rejected itself within the immune system and it just kicked everything off or what happened 
But funnily enough, I did have gastroenteritis when I was two and I was hospitalised. Okay. So, then a they clue. were going... A clue. Possibly. But who knows in my case. <laughs> All right. So your lifestyle today, um, mm-hmm. h- how is it? I mean, how are you coping? Are you restricted in any way no. in what you do? So I had my large intestine fully removed on the 21st of January 2011. And I always said back then I would give myself five years good health. I was like, I don't want to be greedy. You know, I was like, I'll give myself five years. I came to the first five years. All good. I said, I'll give myself another five years. I don't want to put it out to the universe that I'm going to be greedy. Got to year 11 last year, then issues started to happen a little bit with the stoma. Explain the stoma. So the stoma um, is obviously it's on my side, my right hand side, and I have to wear um, an ileostomy bag. So that's where I would basically poop into. Um, Now, when I don't have a large intestine, it's been a total game changer, Pat, to be honest. Without that surgery, I mightn't even be here today because when they were actually removing it back in 2011, they found a fistula that had grown that went undetected. And it was leaking. So they said another two weeks and I would have ended up with sepsis and... My goodness. May not be here. Well, uh, you are here. I am. And you're here to encourage people who have had a Crohn's diagnosis Mm -hmm. that um, life is possible. Life is very possible through the darkest of days for myself. I still manage to get up and I know everyone is different, but I still manage to get up because life is very short. That's just the way I would always look at it. Life is short. You can still push through, um, even if it's the smallest thing. For me, it was a case of if I had a really bad day, like there were times, to be honest, Pat, where I could actually go to bed, even when I was younger, when I was really sick, go to bed and I'd say I'd be in so much pain and I'd be so sick and I'd be sick of just running to the toilet, not being able to eat. And I'd say, if I didn't wake up in the morning, yeah, so be it. You know, I'd just go to sleep and just get rid of this pain. But then I'd wake up the next morning and I may feel a little bit better and it may still not be a good day, but if I was able to get up, have a cup of tea and sit on the chair and read a book with a blanket, that was a win for me. So I was looking for the small wins on a daily basis. You know, yeah, your quality of life may not be 100% there, but it's still there. You know, it's to find the small little things to focus on until you do get into remission. You know, because remission is always possible. It's about finding that that mix of the right medications, whether it's surgery for people, Um but you will get back into back into remission, um, which can be hard to think of on the bad days. You know. Victoria Spillane, living with Crohn's since the age of 13. Yes. Uh, you're an inspiration, Victoria. Thank, Thank you, you very much for joining us. No problem, Pat. Thank you for having me. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.